Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. 303-690-3000 is the number. That's the number to dial. Put it in your phone. If you want to be on the air, uh, we can talk together and learn together. If you want to text me, uh, you want to text me, you can use 720-336-0897. And we have a text line reserved uh, for questions if the phone lines are not available. 303-690-3000-720-336-0897. Those two numbers are important. Put them in your book. Uh, in your phone, use them. You can tell Siri or Android to call them automatically. And uh, we would love to have you join the show. Uh, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Already we have a call. Welcome. Line one, Wani, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Today, I was um, at a Bible study, and my friend shared a translation. Um, It's called the Passion Translation, and so far it's just um, the New Testament Psalms, Proverbs, and Song of Solomon. Yes. And I was wondering what you think about that translation. Not necessarily um, my church that I attend is. And the New King James. Sure. Well, let's put it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we need to put the passion in that that particular Bible in its right category. It's more. It's a paraphrase. It's okay. not a translation. So once we understand what a paraphrase paraphrase is, which is basically one or a couple of people's idea of trying to make it relevant and um, use language that isn't directly like the ESV would be a strict literal uh the New King James the ESV the NASB these are strict literal translations that go word for word that's why sometimes the language sounds even backwards because they're they're attempt to be directly related to the word where the passion is just a paraphrase so i'm not opposed to paraphrases in general so my second point would be in general we read them for what they are they're just paraphrases we wouldn't teach from them, base a doctrine on them. But a fresh look at the scriptures is always encouraging. But my third point on the passion is its origin. Uh, I, I don't really want to read it. It comes to us from the hyper charismatic, from a kingdom now theology. Bethel, you know, the the brother that leads uh, the Bethel church. It's a hyper charismatic, over the top uh, paraphrase. Um, I, I wouldn't. I haven't read it yet, so I have to give you that answer as well. Like, so I'm not giving you an answer from firsthand experience, but from the origin, you know, if I'm going to use a paraphrase, I'll, I'll probably use the message. Eugene Peterson is trustworthy. 
Uh, but again, it's just a man's paraphrase of the Bible, so we just have to remember that. Thank you so very much, and look forward to attending Calvary on Saturday. And we'll s- just have a wonderful Resurrection weekend. Okay, Wani, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thanks. 303-690-3000 is the number, and yes, we, it's a, it is a big weekend for churches. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've been under the weather for a few weeks, and it is not fun. Uh, but big weekend starting Friday for most churches, celebrating Good Friday. And then for us at Calvary, so our Good Friday service is at noon, uh, and then we'll have you out by enough for you to take a lunch and invest your lunch in the Word uh, and rehearse. We'll rehearse and explain uh, the scourging, the beating, and the crucifixion. Uh, it's a pretty solemn service for us at Calvary. We do it on purpose that way uh, because we want you to leave with the mindset of what Jesus has done, anticipating the resurrection. And then for us on the weekend services, we're adding services. Um, Saturday night, we're going to meet at 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. So we've added a service. And then Sunday morning, we're going to meet three services, 6.45 in the morning, 8.45, and 10.45. Uh, We'll have upbeat music that just truly celebrates the goodness of God and a shorter message uh, than usual. Uh, but a very evangelistic message on the topic of the resurrection with a slant toward the great exchange, life for death. Isn't that awesome? 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's come back to Denver. Anastasia's on line two. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Hope you're feeling better. I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> well, I hope you get better. <laughs> yes, I received that. <clears throat> um, I'm calling uh, for prayer for my friend's sister. She's a a single mom, and they have three like teenage boys, and they thought she'd beat cancer, um, but it came back, and now the chemo's not working. And we just found out today that she uh, only has three to six months left. So I'm just uh, asking for lots of prayer for um, salvation and if it's God's will, healing as well. Okay, what's her name? Her name is Yolis. 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 And it reminded yeah. me, okay, uh, we, it reminded me as you're saying that I want to include a brother by the name of uh, Jason. Jason comes to our church and uh, he's been battling cancer and, and it just has gotten the worst of him. And uh, we want to pray for him too. So, Father, I I bring these two, uh, this man and woman before you, Lord. I bring uh, Ulysse to you, Lord, as she, um, just the worst news to hear from a doctor and the battle isn't going well. And according to your word, God, we pray that you would heal her. We pray, God, that you could strengthen her on the inside. I was reading it today, even of a testimony of a woman that was healed of cancer. And so we go in, Lord, eyes wide open by faith trusting you with the outcome, but we pray for her as she's a single mom. Uh, We pray for her family and everyone that's affected, including Anastasia, where, you know, it's just, it's a, it's brutal. And uh, I pray for Jason, his wife, Amber, and his son, Lord, and his precious family, mom and dad, and everyone that loves him. Just how many lives you've used uh, to, um, that you've reached through Jason's life. 
and uh, Lord, both of the this both of them are alive, so we value their life, we enjoy their life, and we pray for healing and strength in their bodies. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen, and I pray for salvation as well for her. Who she isn't saved? Yeah. Oh, I missed that, Father. I pray for uh, we we agree together that this, uh, even though I think uh, sickness sometimes will make people very angry and very bitter. I also know behind the anger and bitterness or frustration can be a real gentle, uh, soft soul separated from God. And so I pray for this young lady, Lord, that that if she is upset or mad or in any condition, maybe just hurting and not even really dealing with emotions, she's probably very scared. And I pray, God, even in the fear and concern, preparing for eternity, that she would turn her life towards you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. Um, If I could ask one question, is that okay? Of course you can. Yeah, um, I was just reading uh, Samuel, and um, uh, King Saul went to a prophetess, I think, and he asked uh, for Samuel to come back from the dead. I was curious, like, I know... I think Paul says not to mess with the spirit world like that, to call on for spirit. Um, do you think that was like a one-time thing, or do you think kings would do it regularly? Or is there any indignation of that? Well, I think it's important that we realize that King Saul is not not in relationship with God at this time. Like He is not living like what we would call today uh, a, a believer. And so... Because something's recorded in the scriptures uh, doesn't mean it's okay, right? So it's just recording Saul's uh, sin, <clears throat> Saul's sin to you know ask for uh, Samuel to be re- returned. But the other thing to consider uh, when it comes to this is that Samuel's always alive, so he's not dead; he's alive, and. And in relationship to God's authority, God can dispatch um, those that are alive anywhere for any reason at any time. Um, And you think of, well, Ed, what do you mean? Give us another example of that. And I would say, remember when Jesus was up on the Mount of Transfiguration, um, who was there with him? Two very alive people, Elijah and Moses. And, And so... In direct answer to your question, yes, I think it's a very rare situation, but it's not the demonic realm was not answering this request for Saul. God answered it to rebuke him and deal with him. Uh, and God, it's his prerogative to send those that are alive anywhere that he wants. Okay, yeah, thank you so much. That makes sense. Uh, I forgot that. Uh, Paul wasn't saved yet, and that was my next question, if you think it was demonic or if it was... Well, I mean, everything's from God, of course, but controlled by God. If it was, like, directly from him, or do you think Satan has something to do with that because he wasn't... Yeah, I mean, I think that, again, when you're looking at this, the witch is um, taking full advantage of this. I don't think she was the origin of this. I really think God did because God wanted to rebuke... Saul of his sin and 
And so the witch is going to play play it off. Like he, she's, I wonder if she tripped out on it too. Like you know, like wow, um, this has never happened before. But I, there's a lot of different views on this. But my view is is that God is the author of bringing Samuel, who is alive. He didn't bring him back from the dead. He's alive, right? God is the God of the living, uh, not of the dead. Jesus said, and we have examples of of God dispatching those. Um, you know, it's very unique. There's not another transfiguration and there won't be another situation like this, at least that we know of that God has done. Right. Yeah. I mean, technically nobody is really dead. Yes. Correct. However, I would say, so that's a good clarification. I would say though, that there, there is no power available to someone today to call back the dead. Uh, or the alive that are separated from God, you know, in the eternal state apart from God. There's on, only God has the authority over life, and no witch could call a dead person back. Right. Okay. So, so basically, it's just it's probably just, or it is never okay to, even if you have, you know, uh, good reason for it. It's never okay to mess with that stuff. Try to talk to a pact. Relative. It is never, never good. Never. It, okay. it, it's forbidden in Scripture. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, and I hope you feel better by Resurrection Weekend. Me too. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. <clears throat> 303-690-3000. Text me, 720-336-0897. Uh, we've got open lines all available for you, uh, 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, let's see what we have here. What do we have? Let's see. Uh, let me pull up my text. I've often wondered why Christ raised Lazarus. Uh, Christ rose for us, but why was uh, Lazarus raised. Very interesting, you know that 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 truth comes to us. The resurrection, or you know, some people like to split hairs on this, and I, I can appreciate it where they don't call Lazarus a resurrection, uh, but rather they call Lazarus a resuscitation. Um, I can accept that because, in the strict theological sense, Jesus Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection, and. I would say that if, as Jesus as the model of our resurrection, um, he raised, he was raised from the dead to never die again. Whereas Lazarus was raised from the dead or resurrected to die again. So there is some splitting of hairs between that, but uh, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's, it's no, it's neither here, there, nor there um, to split it over the words. But why did he, isn't specifically told to us in Scripture. So we aren't going to find a passage that says this is why he did it. However, we can put some pieces together to try to answer that question. First of all, he was friends with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. They were, they were friends. Uh, he had frequented their house. He's been to Bethany many times. Um, and and we get a hint. So, so out of love, out, his sovereignty, right? It's his prerogative and sovereign choice. Out of love for this family. But we also get a hint, specifically in the scriptures, 
of why Lazarus in particular was raised from the dead. It's in verse 4. He's in his answer. Therefore, his sister sent to him saying, Lord, behold, the, the one you love is sick. And then Jesus says, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified through it. So, I mean, everything Jesus did was for that purpose. But here you can say in a very strict way, the reason Lazarus was raised from the dead is that the son of God might be glorified. It's for the glory of God. But I also believe there's love involved. He loves this family. He loves Lazarus. Um, we don't we don't know because the Bible doesn't say, but there there could be other things that God was going to do through Lazarus. It was going to affect the town of Bethany. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of people saw it, knew about it. Uh, but ultimately, in the most simplest terms, according to verse 4 of John 11, uh, Lazarus was raised because of the because of and for the glory of God. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Again, you're listening on Radio by Grace. Uh, You're listening to Grace FM, both those radio networks. You're listening to a live broadcast, as well as if you're listening on gracefm.com or the Grace FM app, which thousands of people have downloaded. So download the Grace FM app and take it on the road with you. Uh, We even had a text from someone uh, in another state today that said, hey, I'm so glad I can actually listen to the program live um, on the Grace FM app. Yes, you can, and I'd encourage you to do that. Um, You can stay live with us and not wait a week, but you can still wait a week on your local station. And then, of course, Hope FM, Truth FM, Higher Rock Radio, you guys carry this program one week delayed. We want to welcome everyone uh, that's listening. And it's a great opportunity while we're waiting for some calls to come in to just stay, say it as straight up as I can. Please support Christian Radio financially. We depend upon your financial support. We were you know, we were looking at, some, I'll just give you a number yesterday. I'm in my office with Pastor Everett, who takes care of uh, finances with us, and we're talking about a lot of things, and he says, hey, Ed, our contracts come up with the phone company, and we got all the, it's very complicated, very difficult, but our bill to run a line, just for Grace FM, this is just one little bill in our church life, our bill to run Grace FM to the tower went from $1,500 a month to $4,900 a month. That that happened yesterday. Well, it actually happened while I was traveling, but I got the news of it yesterday. And, uh, you know, we're going to work on getting it down and work on all that. That's what we're going to do our part, but it's still a bill we got to pay until we get it fixed or until we get it done. Uh, and, and we're not, you know, we're, that's Grace FM. So if you're listening to Grace FM, Please support Grace FM. Become a Grace Partner so there's a regular monthly. Give us a one-time, any amount, doesn't matter. But if you're in any anywhere you're listening to this station, the local station you're listening to needs your financial support. It's just, can't say it any other way. They have the same bills. I mean, Radio by Grace is a national network. Uh, they have a lot of bills. Hope FM has many stations, way more than we do. So if you're listening to this station, it's not a corporation. It's not... Uh, big money. It's just a Christian radio station run by a church. And we're asking you to support us, partner with us and, and let, uh, you know, let's do this together um, and see what God wants to do uh, in using. I'm telling you radio. I was reading an article recently that, that um, 
the the headline said something like uh, is radio in a brand new golden age and covid the the challenges of the pandemic in the last couple of years has really revived radio in many ways and christian radio is very unique uh, because most of the popular christian radio stations are just music but stations that are dedicated like run by churches especially the network you're listening to we vet our teachers very carefully so that there's no confusion and just solid Bible teaching all day, every day for the most part. And, you know, except for a call in show like this, which is basically, you know, teaching in a different way. Um, but I, I, I would be remiss not to t- keep telling you and asking you and inviting you, please support Christian radio. If you're listening on Grace FM, go to gracefm.com and you, all the donate stuff is all there on the app. S- yeah, radio by Grace has a website, just Google it. Hope FM has a website, Google it, Truth FM, um, because we'll partner together, and the Lord's going to use these stations in even greater ways. All right, let's come back to the phone line. We're uh, coming back to Colorado here in Brighton. Gabriel, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. Hey, I just wanted to say, first of all, I, uh, I'm really, uh, I love what you guys are doing, and uh, you, uh, you specifically, but this radio station has meant a lot to me in my life, so I just wanted to say thank you. Man, it's such a, I was listening to the radio today. I was getting my car washed after having, dropping, uh, running an errand. So I got my car washed and I'm listening to uh, the Bible study of Abounding Grace today, uh, listening to myself teach, uh, being encouraged and edified. And I, and I was talking about Aurora and the reputation Aurora has. And I taught this years ago, so it's been a few years. But I, I, I was reminded of how people make fun of the city of Aurora. And I even had a friend come to me and say, uh, does anything good come out of Aurora? And, you know, it struck me today, just like what it struck me today. Well, at least one good thing has come out of Aurora, and that's Grace FM. Yes. Yeah, true. I mean, it's uh, we are so grateful uh, to have that. But at any rate, uh, how can I pray for you? So I, uh, I'm kind of recently back into school, um, and things were going pretty well for me. Um, up until recently, things have just kind of started to crash and burn, um, and I, I just, I'm kind of at the end of my stick. I'm, I'm, I'm just calling to ask for prayer for okay. my studies, but also um, for how I handle the situations I'm in, how I treat the people around me, and that I'm. I'm using this all for God and that I'm not forgetting him in this process. Okay, Father, I pray for my brother Gabriel in this new season of his life, new challenges, uh, new opportunities, uh, new decisions to make. God, your word says that if we lack wisdom, if we lack wisdom, we can ask you and you will give to us wisdom liberally and without reproach. So I pray for wisdom in my brother's life. Uh, Just to... Uh, you know, just a, a real challenging time in his life right now. But God, you give fresh wisdom, fresh grace, and I pray that you would strengthen him in this new season and that he would come out stronger than before. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay. Bless you, brother. Bye-bye. All right. Let's stay in Colorado. Uh, is it Jaton? Jaton? Yes. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. So I have a question. I have a question. I had, um, I call it because this is what it was brought to me, and I'm just kind of wondering why it would be 
you know, brought to me. Um, it was called The Spirit of Murder. And it was really awkward because um, it would... It, okay, so my, my, son's, my son's father was murdered. Okay. But before we had found out that he was murdered, this spirit would come, and it was very, very... had a lot of hate, a lot of hate. Okay. And would come to me when I was getting ready to, for work. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, why would it come to me? You know, it, I mean, it, it came for me to me for weeks. Mm. And I'm going, okay. And so um, after I found out, because, you know, um, I had, um, I had um, looked it up because one night I had laid down and I was very uncomfortable. I was very uneasy. And something told me to... Um, get up and look for you know for for him. That's how I found out um, that he was murdered. It was posted nationwide, mm-hmm. but my son was never notified about his death. Okay. Was never notified about nothing. After um, we found out about his death, that spirit left, mm-hmm. and it was just like. And then I found out because um, we had called to find out some information on it. Um, he was killed by the hands of his um, other family. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, and the lady that operated it had hatred um, for him, and then that's so that made perfect sense to me because I mean I felt the spirit of hate. Well, how but, can I help you? What what can I do to help you? I'm, first you know, of all, I'm very sorry for this been loss. Together in years. Haven't spoken together. Haven't spoken. I mean, he lived in a whole different um, state. But what, what mind boggles me is why that spirit came to me. Yeah. And then afterwards, when we found out, um, it it lifted. It lifted. It left me alone, and I'm just mind boggled to that. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know why. I don't know why the demonic realm identified you. I mean, you're in a vulnerable position. You're in a, you know, even though it doesn't sound like you guys were together at the time of his death. Is that true? That's true, yes. You know, even though you guys weren't together, I'm sure there's great love and appreciation for him and great grief. And, you know, you were in a real vulnerable place. And those that are in vulnerable places usually are visited by demonic activity, by the oppression of the enemy. Um, and how the turn of events came up <clears throat> that that the revelation of the origin of, of his death and everything comes up. You know, I think we give credit to God for giving us the truth, not the demonic realm. The demonic realm only comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Uh, and so we don't give credit to um, some demonic presence that would reveal that. I give credit to God that he would reveal the truth, um, that he would bring about the truth uh, in the means that he did. Um, but, you know, I wish I could tell you why, except that I just think you're, you were vulnerable. You were hurting. <clears throat> it's a very confusing time. Um, murder's a very heinous crime. It's not a, it's not a good way to lose a loved one or a, a dad of my child. And I just, I'm sorry for your loss. The thing that, the thing that, um, gets me, that, that puzzles me is that this spirit visited me before I found out that he was murdered. Well, there's a lot of things in life that puzzle us. So we don't live by the puzzles and the unknown. We live by the known. And so I think my suggestion to you is to move on and move forward. And don't focus on the fact that you 
don't understand or it's puzzling to you, but rather live in the facts of what you do know, what God has revealed to you, and hold fast to the truths that you know uh, and know that he, God is going to be with you um, all the way through. All right, we are uh, coming up on the break of the first half. Um, kind of a bummer call to to take for hearing about loss, but I know a lot of you are grieving right now, and and bummer situations are just woven into our lives, aren't they? And you know, I was just thinking too for my sister how important it is for us to learn in every situation to resist the devil, and he will flee from us. That's the promise that God has given to us: resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. May the Lord encourage you and strengthen you. We, we got a two-minute break, and we'll be right back. This is Calvary Live, originating from the studios here at Grace FM. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. I want to shout out to my friends in Hope FM and Truth FM, <clears throat> Higher Rock Radio, of course the entire Radio by Grace radio network. We're grateful you've chosen to join us today. Also, we want to welcome everyone up and down the front range here on the Grace FM radio network. We're so grateful to be a small part of the huge work that God is doing in your life. Everyone listening live, of course, today is Thursday. Um, Traditionally, they call it Monday Thursday, um, the day where uh, Jesus is enjoying the um, Passover, the Last Supper, uh, with his disciples in Luke 22, um, a super challenging day, of course. Um, later in the evening in Gethsemane, Jesus is betrayed uh, by a kiss, and early in the early morning hours, Jesus' trial is getting underway, uh, and it is um, a very kind of leading into a very somber, what we call today. Um, <clears throat> the crucifixion, the Good Friday, where the day of the crucifixion. Um, but it is Thursday uh, of what's termed Holy Week. Of course, if you're listening on Hope FM or Truth FM, Higher Rock, you're listening to this one week delayed, so you're kind of looking back after Easter. But while right now the program going forward is before Easter, uh, and we're taking your calls and questions, 303 690 3,000, 303-690-3,000. Here is a text question. I know God is a gentleman. Is it okay to pray for him to force his salvation on family members? No, that's not a prayer that God will answer. Um, Now, to come desperately for the salvation of your family, to come desperately uh, even with the idea of, man, make them get saved, um, to come with that heart and that desire is one thing, but God will not force his salvation on your family. It's it's not possible. Um, it's against his character and his nature. And because of that, it would be fruitless to pray that way. We need to pray according to his will. God can bring conviction of sin. 
God can bring believers into their life. God can uh, cause parts of the Bible. They, he can have them a, a thousand different ways for them to be exposed to the truth. But the choice of following Jesus is their choice, and God will not force them. So no, don't pray that way. 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Here's another text. It's a very hard one. Um, it says, how do I forgive an ongoing and continual offense? Is It's not possible to remove this person from my life or ignore the pain they're inflicting. Uh, and indeed, that is a very hard situation. I am intimately um, uh, understand that. I understand that particular sin in probably a different context than yours, um, but it stinks. And so this is, I'm going to give you an answer in a couple different layers. Um, Number one, you already know it because you're asking the question. But prior to your question, there is the command to forgive. And we're to forgive just as Christ has forgiven us. And he always has the preeminence when it comes to forgiveness. Uh, Not the offender, not our inability or anything, just like Christ has forgiven us. Um, You know, in Ephesians chapter four, verse 32, it says, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And so you're already there uh, because you're now asking how, how? Now with forgiveness, forgiveness is a choice. It's an act in time. I, When I'm teaching this at the church, I like to have everybody clap their hands like I just did. And that act of clapping their hands uh, represents the act of forgiveness. You, I snap my fingers as well. You just do it. You release the person from the debt that they owe you. Now, if there's ongoing and continual sin then you too need to add those words to your response. So their sin is ongoing and continual. Your forgiveness is ongoing and continual. Why? Because that's the will of God for your life. The will of God for your life is that they have no power over you. That they have no control over you. Um, I think I read recently, I posted it. I said, the person that has the most control in your life is the person you won't forgive. And so we choose to forgive. Ongoing, continual sin. We choose not to allow someone's sinful behavior to alter the course of our lives. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, the, alter the course of our lives? Of course it does. I'm, I, I am being inflicted with pain daily. Now, for those that might apply this to a marriage relationship, there is no obligation for a married person to subject themselves to abuse, physical and otherwise. And so make an appropriate decision to remove yourself from any ongoing physical abuse. That is not the heart of God. And God, you don't hear God from heaven going, you stay there, you need to be abused. No way, no. So within the context of marriage, you know, you want to make decisions for your physical safety and health. 
if there is a relational thing, in-laws, former in-laws, or whatever it might be, and you can't remove them, then you pray for a special anointing of grace to deal with them in your life, a special anointing of grace to um, withstand the onslaught of the enemy. You put the spiritual armor on, um, again, answering your question, how? I, I repetitively choose to forgive you. You you won't get to me. Say what you say. Do what you do. Um, post what you post. But you're not going to get to me because my life is hidden in Christ. And God will deal with you. I'm not going to deal with you. you. God will deal with you. I'll deal with God. And it's just a choice you need to make. So So here's the thing. For everyone listening right now, forgiveness is such a big thing that a radio... Uh, answer is very hard because I don't know all the details. It's hard to apply them. So here's what I suggest. Email me. I have many, many, believe me, I've lived this for nine years uh, and even longer, but really acutely for nine years. Uh, And I've studied deeply because I don't want to be soiled by other people's sins. I don't want to be soiled by other people's I, I don't I can't live that way. I lived my life for the for the world so many years. I have to live for Christ, and I have to say I never expected the kind of, um, and I, maybe you too. I never expected the kind of flagrant, unrepentant, unrebellious uh, sin uh, that even is approved of of pastors. I never expected it. But then I also have met people like we even heard earlier that they had a loved one murdered. I met a family who has a loved one murdered that they don't know the. Um, they haven't found the murderer. I've, I've met people that have had suicides in their life. I've met people that have constant continual harassment. And I, I got, I mean, life is hard, but the power of the grace of God is powerful, much more powerful. So if you email me, ed at edtaylor.org, ed at edtaylor.org, and ask for the forgiveness packet, I'll send you a, all kinds of resources on the topic of forgiveness. And you'll be able to start, you'll be able to um, read through them, sow seeds of this in your life, and learn. It's a learning process because you've never experienced this before. Um, it sounds like, how do I forgive? So let me give you the simple answer, and then you guys just email me, um, and I'll send you the resources. The simple answer, how do I forgive ongoing and continual offense? Is I I I forgive ongoing and continually, repetitively. So it's a choice after a choice. You know, reconciliation, uh, restoration uh, is not going to happen without repentance. It's just not going to happen. And neither do you need to place yourself in a position to continue to be sinned openly. Um, I'm working on an article right now. You know, here at Calvary, we, we've been taught by Pastor Chuck, never defend yourself, never defend yourself. Uh, God will be your defender. And I believe that. And yet I've also learned from other teachers that there are times to defend yourself, to speak forth the truth, to protect the integrity of the gospel, to protect the integrity of your, of your life and uh, to protect the integrity of any type of ministry you're involved in. So I'm working on an article right now as I process these thoughts um, that, that you don't have to subject yourself to it. Even though you can't remove them, uh, you can position yourself where the blow is lessened um, and that you're abiding and hiding in Christ. All right. 303-690-3000 is the number. Let's head over to Pennsylvania now. Diane, welcome to the program. 
Hey, Ed, thank you very much for taking my call. Great. What can um, I do for my, you? My question, well, before my question, I'd like to remind people, you were just talking about forgiveness. Yes. And I just want to remind people that because it's Easter, Jesus died on the cross to forgive our <clears throat> sins. Mm. He didn't know any of us. He didn't know yes. exactly, you know. So, I mean, he knew us all, but he didn't. He stood there and took that for all of our sins. So we yes. all need to be grateful. We all need to be forgiving. And if we love one another, it makes it a whole lot simpler. Mm. Great. Thank you so much. What can I do for you? <laughs> my question. My husband is a Mormon, and I am not. <laughs> okay. And he, he, we, we get along very well. I wouldn't change him for the world. But there's certain things that come up that I, I can't, I can't come up with the right words or the right explanation or the right answer. And maybe that's just, you know, something I'm not, not ready for yet. But, um, we had a discussion the other day about, um, the Trinity and God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy ghost. And in the Mormon religion, um, they believe that they are three separate entities. And I, I don't know how to explain to him other than to say that, you know, we're thinking worldly and we're thinking about us and how we think and feel and what's going on here. But the truth of the matter is God created the earth. So if he can do that and all of us, then he can be three different things at the same time. Well, you know, a couple of things to consider, um, for you and I as born-again believers, the Trinity is a doctrine that can't be fully understood. And we wrestle with it even though we believe and receive the teachings of the deity of Christ, the deity of the Father, the deity of the Holy Spirit. So if it's hard for a believing man and woman, it's going to be impossible for an unregenerate man. And so just always remember that, that you are talking on a level where uh, he will be unconvinced and he will remain unconvinced he, he will remain unconvinced until he's born again. So even the best of answers that you have, um, don't be, and the reason, I ant, the reason I start with this is because I don't want you to be overly discouraged that he just continues to resist and he continues to reflect, I don't believe it, that's not what I believe, it's not what the Bible, so whatever his answers are, it, it's t that, would be, that would be expected because the things of the Spirit, according to 1 Corinthians, are only revealed by the Spirit and your husband doesn't have the spirit, number one. Um, but number two, a good answer. Um, you know, this is a great opportunity to say, okay, we've tried all these other things. Let's try a different way of approaching this and get his King James Bible out and start to um, follow along what the Bible has to say about God the Father and then take him to what the Bible has to say about God the Son and then take him to places what God has to say about God the Holy Spirit and and just ask him a, you know open ended questions about the the significance well if god the bible says that god the father it and god the son and god the holy spirit they're all deity and so what does that mean to you and just have him start to really reflect cuz the goal would be to put him in a position to in, to investigate and to study what the bible has to say about god but also put him in such a vulnerable place to receive the conviction of sin in his life. Um, and if you need help with this, I taught it just this way. I did four studies on the Trinity, and I did the first study on the Father, just what does the Bible have to say about him? 
The second study, what does the Bible say about Jesus? The third study, what does the Bible say about the Holy Spirit? And the fourth study, I tied together all sorts of different ways that we can conceptually at least ascend our minds to the possibility of this concept of three in one, and yet all having distinctions, right? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but unity. Um, you know, one is, and they're all, they're all really, um, they all really don't do justice to the Godhead, but they do give us a, a sense. For example, an egg, you know, there are three parts to an egg. There's a shell, there's the yolk, and then there's the white part of the egg. Three parts, very distinct, but if I held it out in my hand, you, you would say, well, that's an egg. Um, or you would even say it's a portion of an egg or a distinction of an egg, but all three of them together make an egg. Um, and they all share the same properties of the egg, even though they're very different from one another or distinct from one another. And uh, same with water, you know, when you have water that can exist in three forms at the same time in a pressure tube, you have a water that's in its liquid form. You can have water that's in its solid form and you can have water that's in its vapor form, but each one of them, the vapor, the liquid, the solid, are all of the same nature. They're all H2O. Uh, and so there are con concepts to share with your husband um, to help him understand this distinction and how God's revealed himself. He's revealed himself even through creation, like you said, like you alluded to, in the same way. He's he's created this, this ability for three-in-one, and he's the greatest example of three-in-one. Oh, that's so awesome. <laughs> I, that is so, so wonderfully put, and, and I will use that, and I am grateful. Um, you know, we both have mutual respect for each other because we are yes. godly people. And I, I mean, I have a wonderful marriage, and I am grateful. I have a little bit of trouble with the Book of Mormon, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am very grateful for your help. It was, that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, the, the the trouble that I have with the Book of Mormon is that it presents to us a different Jesus, yeah. and what what discourage what discourages me, and that's the emotion I would say I have is that that so many people's lives have been stolen because they've been introduced to a different Jesus. I agree, and you know we're born who we are, and. You know, somebody who's born a Mormon, is it's very difficult to make them see otherwise. And, you know, I can't see I can't see being a Mormon. Believe me, my father-in-law and everybody has tried, but of course. I am who I am. And but I do have a respect. And because he is a Mormon, I did read the Book of Mormon. I because yeah. I want to at least give him I that I have tried and that I understand and I know where you're coming from. Well, I, I too have read the Book of Mormon. It's not the most interesting book. It's kind of like a sci-fi type of arrangement, very weird, um, not really life-giving. And, and I think that you're right. We're all born in sin. All of us are. And it's only for those men and women that have been born again of the Spirit and been given new light that we can truly understand the character and the nature of God. And, you know, you think of those that are caught up in false religions they're genuine and they're sincere, and that's what that's what these false religions take advantage of. And then when it's generational, like you shared, where now you're not only born in sin, but you're born into a generational 
uh, commitment to false teaching, it, it, it poses even greater challenges f- to bring a person to the truth. However, like you said, and this is something that should bring you great joy um, is and great confidence as you love this man, you're committed to this man, you have covenanted with him in marriage, and, and even as you share, you also give him uh, uh, a respect, you know, the respect just as a fellow human being, let alone your husband, that the the good news is is the same God that created the universe is the same God that can bring conviction upon any soul. It's what happened to me. It's what happened to thousands listening right now. And if you would allow me, I'd love to pray for your husband right now. I would I would appreciate that immensely. Father, we pray for this fine man uh, who sounds like he takes very good care of loving his wife and overseeing his home, but he's separate from you, Lord born into this religion, uh, born into this understanding, but you also have sovereignly allowed uh, Diane to enter into his life, to show him what true love looks like, to give him the the, the true example, not of a good wife, uh, not of a wife striving, but rather a spiritual wife, a wife who's submitted to Christ, who therefore is a good wife, is a loving wife, but demonstrates not just human love, but agape love. May that penetrate his heart, Lord. May he see it and experience it. Um, And even as he's been taught to look for those warm feelings, those stirring in his bosom, may the agape love supersede any of those feelings and draw him to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, who loves him even more than his own wife. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so very much. That was wonderful. And you have a wonderful Easter. It's one of the most precious times of the year, and I hope you everybody enjoys it as much as I do. Thank you, Diane. Bye-bye. All right, let's go out to Charleston, South Carolina now. Susie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'd like to say how much I appreciate your show, and it's so refreshing to have direct questions answered. So my Mm. story, I've been married 39 years, okay, and my husband comes from a family that has a lot of emotional abuse, Mm. and um, his sisters tend to abuse emotionally um, all each other and myself and my husband and my children, my husband of 39 years. It's easy for me to forgive because God has forgiven me so much in Jesus. However, is it biblically acceptable for me to just maybe stop the relationship with these sisters? We forgive them, and then, but when we get back around them, there's a recurrence on the emotional abuse, and we're just hurt and we're tired. That's a really good question. And, you know, coming from a heart of love and a, coming from a heart of desiring to, um, you know, be a part of family. Fam- you know, I, I like to say uh, in hard, difficult times like this, without sharing any details, I just like to remind everyone we all have family. And and what I mean by that is that we all have these stories and these difficulties. There's very rarely, do, very rarely, uh, do I meet someone that hasn't experienced some kind of family problem? And quite frankly, many of the times it's exactly what you're speaking about. It's just really, it's not just basic dysfunction. It's it's really 
difficult and overbearing dysfunction. And so let me just give you a quick answer to the question. I'll give you a little bit of explanation. But yes, it is okay for you to separate yourself from those that are hurting you. Yes. You do so with love. You do so with hope. But you are not under any obligation to present yourself to continual abuse or continual drama or continual difficulty. Um, There's no biblical mandate for that because just because someone is your family that they have special permission uh, to hurt you. Um, Now, I think that listening to you and hearing you describe it, the way you described it, I think that you have great love for your family. And I think you have a great desire for your family. And so I don't think you're going to withdraw yourself in the sense where I'll never be available, I'll never help, and I'll teach them a lesson. I don't think that's from the Lord. I think that you needing a break, maybe measuring out, um, let's say that there's 10 events a year, uh, you're like, well, we'll go to one event. And then when we go to that event, we'll stay until this happens. And if this happens, which we're pretty sure it will, we're going to kindly excuse ourselves and we're going to leave. Um, and if it doesn't happen, then praise God, we'll stay the whole time. But like you can set parameters around how you relate to other people. Um, and there's a great book out there, um, that I think he called it boundaries. Uh, and I forget the author of it, but he, he did a really good job of describing the relational necessities of being careful and drawing strong boundaries with people, especially those that hurt. And some people might be listening and go, wait a minute, Ed, what's the biblical, what's the biblical mandate for that? Why well, I love this verse. In, in uh, John chapter 2, verse 24, it says this, Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. And he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. And so here we see Jesus, not the only time, but it's a very direct statement that Jesus made a decision not to be with people, a certain group of people on purpose for a good reason. Now, of course, we don't have the knowledge of God, but we have personal knowledge. Like if, if I knew, if I was visiting South Carolina and uh, you were you and your husband were on our list to visit, um, but your husband liked to punch me in the nose all the time, it would be okay if I say, you know what, I'm going to South Carolina, but, but I'm not visiting Susie and her husband because I don't want to get punched anymore. I think wow. God would be okay with that. Not that, sorry, Susie's husband, I know you're not punching, but that's like, you don't have to submit yourself to that. That is an excellent answer. And the sad thing is, it's a genetic situation with their family, and I feel bad for them. Yes. But I have to protect my children, and this time it was my husband. And if you were in my office with your husband and you guys were wrestling with this, I would take a piece of paper out. And I would ask you, or I'd probably move over to where you guys are sitting on the couch in my office, and I'd take a piece of paper and I'd draw a circle. And in that circle, I would put Susie, husband, and Jesus. That is the most primary relationship in your life. A threefold cord is not easily broken, and you're encircled. That circle is completely covering you. Then I'd draw another circle right outside of that one, and I would say, here's your next responsibility. And who would you put in that circle outside of your marriage? Who's your next responsibility? My children. Your your children. Then I'd cir- put another circle and I'd say, okay, who's your next responsibility after your kids? My family. 
Yeah, your family, your extended family, what we might call in-laws. And then I draw another circle, and it'd probably be your friends. And I draw another circle, it'd be your co-work. Like, and, and as we do that, I say, look, God has created these definitions for us. And the whole goal of the enemy is to get to the middle circle. The, you, your husband, and, 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 and Jesus, that threefold cord. Because if he can destroy your marriage, he will destroy all the rest of the relationships. And, and so you want to keep that tight. That's why, and again, sometimes this applies to, parent, to parents where I go, no, no, your kids don't take priority of, over your marriage. There are no kids without marriage. So marriage is always first. A husband, we just learned this last night in our study uh, here at the church, you know, you're therefore a man shall leave his mother, mother and father and cling to his wife. You leave and cleave. But, but here's the thing. If he can't get to you, he'll start to disrupt things with your kids. And if he can't get to your kids, then he'll mess with the, He'll use the in-laws. And anytime any of those circles are broken, everyone's affected. And so you want to work from the inside out. Make sure you're praying with your husband, reading the Bible together, and drawing the children in. And so when you have that maternal instinct you just said, I need to protect my kids, that's not just a maternal instinct. That was given to you by God. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so very much. That makes it perfectly, perfectly clear. Well, bless you tonight. God bless you. Hey, we're coming up to the end of the show tomorrow at noon. We'll be Good Friday here at, at, at Calvary in Aurora. But check your church out. Go to church this weekend. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. You can join us live or you can be here live. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.